deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin's dream That's right, cause you'll find all shapes and sizes If you go into the dream But there's a lady there Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack I'm ZC I'm Liz And Liz, I have some, uh some sad news for you oh no already yeah yeah yes already (laughs) right right at right at the top um but did you hear that uh jk rowling's pottermore has just sacked loads of its editorial staff oh no that's horrible yeah all those all those articles uh, gone like dust in the wind yeah um i but i check pottermore every day and they seem to still be there like there are new ones every day yeah, there there are new ones every day. Um, the content hasn't stopped so far, but I don't know. This is this is pretty interesting because, like, Pottermore has been kind of a running gag for us, just as a weird source of like official quote unquote material, and like they're clearly very very constrained. And I'm actually surprised that they have lasted this long in their new format because it used to be a, a, a social networking thing, right? Like, ah, uh, yeah, it was some. It was kind of somewhere between social networking and. I guess like Neopets Light, I would yeah. say. Um, I like remember when it first came out, and the the draw of it was that J.K. Rowling was like putting like new stuff about the books, and there were these. I guess I remember them as being like maps, and you would go chapter to chapter, and she would have little tidbits like telling you things that you might not have known, like what Snape had for breakfast. Oh, um, good. <laughs> uh, but there was this whole component where you like picked your owl and you got sorted into your house and um, I-, I guess could go and play these like flash games to get points for your house. Um, and uh, I never got super into it. I know some people did. I was really into Neopets. I was like a big time Neopets person. So I was really excited when this came out. Um, and the weirdest thing about old social network Pottermore to me was that you didn't get to pick your username and coming from Neopets, which I always thought was pretty, you know, their rules were like very strictly enforced, um, big emphasis on, you know, not revealing any personal information or anything like that. You still got to pick your username and then you went to Pottermore and you got these like auto generated usernames that would be like, like Harry Potter words stuck together plus numbers. So you, so you would go in and you would sign up and it would give you like a list of five names that you had to choose from. So I was like unicorn magic four, three, six or something like that. And that was all the names. That's wild. I did not know that part about Pottermore. I, I, I never got into it either. Um, I just like sort of knew, knew of it until it became, so like this is weird. So this this article about the layoffs is from BuzzFeed and Pottermore like transitioned from being that like Neopets light thing into basically being like 
BuzzFeed, but specifically for Harry Potter, but not even like all Harry Potter stuff, but just like in 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 the know official WB uh, Warner Brothers ass like marketing material, which, you know, there's there's original writing from J.K. Rowling here. We've we've delved into some of the uh, the weird stuff she's put on here, but also like like these like there is the opinion article that that we read the other day about uh six potions that muggles should never get their hands on part of me is surprised that it lasted this long when they were clearly so constrained yeah and i feel so bad for the editorial staff at pottermore because they clearly are just grasping for any anything under you know the watchful eye of the marketing team and jk rowling which is just a nightmare yeah like see that's the thing like you know we 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 have some fun kind of riffing on the material but to be clear i don't actually think i think they're clearly doing the best with what they have because i feel like if your bosses are like wb marketing and jk rowling combined like your your uh your leash is pretty short right i i think it was like our second episode that we talked about the women's day article oh god yeah i can only imagine what the like order from on high was like where it was like okay we need you to write up about the the badass women in harry potter and and just sitting there and you have no new material you can't you know really bring anything of your own to the table because you're you're here with like all of these parts and you have to be like you know we would have liked to see more about Tonks too bad she died off screen but boy do we love her like that that is the tone that all of these like features have and I there's there's (laughs) almost like these little like messages in a bottle or like cries for help in some of the articles like that like like the women's day one is a really good example of just like oh wish we would have seen more of this character like i think it even said that for jenny or like you know jenny wasn't you know front and center very often but here's what she did do and it's like i just imagine there's you know these frustrated writers like trying desperately to to wring something out of this like you know at this point the the movies ended a, a decade ago the books are 20 years old like i feel like without getting into like actual critical analysis there's only so much you can do and like like in defense of grip hook is the one from a couple days ago which is just like <laughs> who was asking for that like yeah and it's like they have to wait for um jk rowling to like give them tidbits from on high to work with that's anything new but even those go into the kind of the sacred writings by jk rowling there's no analysis in any of these articles there's no um yeah there's no opinion like they're not opinion pieces they are they are just like here are six magical creatures we think are cute yeah or like hey do you remember these seven things that happened in the book so i i really feel for those writers having to churn out this very sterilized i just uh, i wonder how did like this was the because you know like you know this past year a bunch of journalism sites had the uh the whole like pivot to video thing happen you know um Mm -hmm. and pottermore switching from like interactive like forum social networking thing to pivoting to like buzzfeed style like listicle like seo stuff that feels like it was a attempt to like ride a wave that just didn't pan out. And like, I'm 
I, like they don't get rid of Pottermore, right? Like I don't think it's going anywhere. So I'm, I'm curious what they do now or like, you know, what WB does with this thing now. Yeah, I, I want to be optimistic in any way because I love Pottermore. It's my favorite website, but I have a hard time imagining anything other than just a, a strict pivot to streamlining what they're doing. Like you said, just that marketing SEO, like just trim down and this is an advertisement website. I mean, it, it already is, right? Like yeah. their last big thing was the the Quidditch through the ages audiobook, And now they're kind of writing the like Fantastic Beasts stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't blame them at all for not wanting to be a social networking like game site. I imagine. I imagine running that kind of thing is a nightmare. Yeah. And I'm sh- I, I think, although I'm not sure because I wasn't active because I, I played the games for maybe 15 minutes and the like flash game of the potions classroom was just busted. Like it just didn't work. So I couldn't do it and I lost interest. Um, But I think that there was like a small, but very dedicated community that probably took a disproportionate amount of like community management. Like why, why would they want to do that? Pottermore now, I guess like I guess we could run down some greatest hits uh, of of the site before it for before it disappears forever. Um, like the <laughs> uh, the videos of all of the casts or like some of the cast of the movies finding out what their Patronus is. Uh, oh yeah, the, there are. Um, everyone should look these up because there's about a million of them, or maybe like five, and they go through this. Um, we haven't talked about this quiz because we can't we can't do our Patronus reveals until book three, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they roped all these actors into uh, into taking this quiz on on laptops, and it's very funny. All of the 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 best one I think is the one that has Warwick Davis, uh, Rupert Grint, and I feel like an idiot. Who's the guy who plays Neville? Matthew Lewis said his name. I believe that's his name. I- I will never know actor names. I think it's Matthew Lewis. It's Neville. Um, yeah, but they they are they're taking this quiz, and all of them get really goofy. Like like Ron gets Ron gets <laughs> like a, a he gets like what like not junkyard cat but like some the patchwork cat or something. <laughs> What's a junkyard cat? A cat that lives in a junkyard. <laughs> a cat that protects your junkyard. I don't know. <laughs> Yep. Um, Ron's Patronus is a junkyard cat. <laughs> it was something something cat. Um, yeah, uh, I think two of them got like two different varieties of cat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matthew Lewis got the other cat. Neville got the other cat. Warwick Davis got a weasel and he like has this great reaction where he's like, oh, yeah, weasels are cute, I guess. Um, and but the the greatest part of this one is that neville like stares at the laptop for a second as this video is ending and then like leans away with this completely blank expression on his face and just mumbles thanks joe like it's the funniest fucking thing i've ever seen it's so good it's it's like it's it reminded me of that incredible video of walk a flock of flame reading the youtube comment and then just going okay like like it's so nonplussed yeah, and and just to be like, I think this is doubly funny because this quiz is just kind of worthless. Like, at least with the house quiz, I, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that all personality quizzes are kind of worthless, but the the house quiz at least has some like basis in 
anything, but the, the Patronus it, it one is just like questions. words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like you pick between like sun and shade and, you know, moon and sun and... And it'll like flash things on the screen real fast and you have to click them. Otherwise it'll tell you, no, too slow. What, really? Yeah, yeah, there's there, or at least in mine it did. Like, I, I had to restart mine the first time. Oh, you were too I, slow? Because I, I, I was fast because I have really high APM. <laughs> All that esports. <laughs> I know. Um, it, but yeah, no, it just like Matthew Lewis being completely just like, cool, thanks, thanks, Joe. Which I think I'll, I'll, I'll clip a recording of it and put it in here because I like, thanks, Joe is just. Wow, that's the shrieking shack that's, for you that's right us. there. That's us, baby. Yeah. Um, I, I think my favorite of them was the actor that plays the Muggle from Fantastic Beasts. I don't know his name. Um, oh, he, Dan Dan Fogler. Yeah, he he has a great time with it. This is like my favorite video, and he gets a dolphin, and he says like, "Dolphins are super smart, and I know how to swim." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he's great he also starts making dolphin noises at the end of the video i don't know if you got that far yeah yeah he's he's fantastic um, um from fantastic beasts <laughs> hey uh then there's the allison sudol one where i think she was on xanax the whole time uh and she's like i don't know who that is that's queenie goldstein oh. that's the the blonde actress who was like oh my god it's so beautiful and, and sweet oh yeah I got a horse. It's beautiful. I grew up with horses. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that one's good. Th this is going to be a running thing with me in that I don't know actor names. Just like as a small aside, I'm never I'm never going to know them. Like, you, you could tell me you could tell me that like Dumbledore is played by Bruce Willis and I'd be like, "Wow, he looks different." Like <laughs> I, I just have I just have no clue ever. Which which uh, which makes you kind of an anomaly among Harry Potter fans because uh, normally Harry Potter fans are making sad posts about Alan Rickman every five minutes. Okay, the Harry Potter fans need to stop being weird about Alan Rickman. That, Alan this Rickman, is this is a call out. Fantastic actor, love him, miss him. They are fucking weird about Alan Rickman. I am so sorry. Sorry, I'm so tired of seeing these like posts that are like memorial posts but they have they're like have him as snape and they have like a quote from snape and it just like seems like this weird confusion like well, alan rickman was not snape yeah well also just like like just just like how we implore harry potter fans to read other books like watch other movies he was really good in like tons and tons of other movies like watch dogma every that's my recommendation <laughs> watch dogma where he's where he's metatron that's a good we that's a good movie he's in there yeah yeah uh, I, it's just like this it's just this bizarre tone where it's like you know oh it's so sad when alan rickman died because he got bit by that basilisk and i'm just like <laughs> what are you doing oh <laughs> uh, you know i always thought alan rickman was a huge asshole to harry potter but you know it turns out that you <laughs> love you love lily potter so it's it's good <laughs> share those like behind the scenes pictures of like alan rickman smiling with daniel radcliffe and it's like wow i guess snape really did like harry <laughs> yeah proof proof yeah it's gonna be really fun when we when we because we're, we're coming up we're coming up real close to needing to watch uh the first movie um 
and if we can stay awake through it to watch all of it because <laughs> that's a fucking boring movie um uh i'm gonna have a good time remembering all the actor names yeah well I'll, i'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna need you to need you to tell them to me I'm gonna need um, to be with you. i guess speaking of actors i'm gonna i'm gonna bring us back to this buzzfeed article again oh, because yeah. Oh, yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit of talk because it's there's kind of the implication that maybe part of the like problem with Pottermore was the Johnny Depp casting controversy. Mm. Um, let me find. A source said that editorial writers had struggled with writing freely about the Harry Potter universe, especially when actor Johnny Depp was cast as evil wizard Grindelwald for the Fantastic Beasts film films and a decision that was controversial among Potter fans. Um, and then there's this quote I assume from the source reporting from inside a franchise that so values its secrecy has been limiting because there's so much Pottermore can't say that other outlets can. Yeah. So uh, there was that. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Have you noticed that like JK Rowling has not been tweeting for like a week? I guess I, I guess it did not enter my, my conscious mind, but I do follow her so I can get the, get the latest. And so, uh, so been on a hot streak recently with the uh there was all the stuff about her getting turfy on twitter uh there was like an article about that which i don't think did we bring up the thing where her publicist said she was having a middle-aged moment yeah and i i read that like three times and is the implication that she was holding her like phone raw like like I, I don't know that's something that definitely happens right like you're on your phone or whatever and you accidentally bump the like heart button and you like something yeah. is that the implication like she liked it and didn't notice or read it i think it's either that's the excuse or that she didn't understand that it was transphobic i don't think i, I believe I, I i don't believe that actually um, yeah I, I i mean honestly that that was kind of my first thought was like could she have read this really quick and not known Gotten, what it meant like yeah. like read it as like oh yeah girl power great yeah, i i don't know i i have a hard time believing that but but also yeah she's just kind of disappeared and there's a there's this thing there's uh she was she was retweeting a bunch of stuff about like israel recently and then that massacre happened of all the like palestinians at the border like right, this week yeah. and, like she's like she's not been she's not been saying anything on on twitter so i think she she might have maybe realized that she's kind of like oh for three at the moment with like public public relations like there's the johnny depp stuff and there's the the you know the previously mentioned you know twitter shenanigans and it just seems like she's kind of yeah, I, 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 I don't blame the Pottermore staff for feeling conflicted about this stuff. And like, if that actually, you know, if, if that actually like truly was like a source of internal uh, uh, like debate or whatever, like at the, you know, at the office and like good for them, I guess, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you definitely get the feeling that um, she's a bit of a like I, I guess like control freak with her public perception mm -hmm. um i say that uh thinking so we found her old website oh, oh yeah her own personal website from 
God, what what years would that have been? It was like uh, 2001 to 2008 was when that one was up, I think. Yeah, so the books were were still coming out. Um, and it's mostly, and we, we went into the Wayback Machine, and they're mostly like posts of her refuting like tabloid headlines and also rumors about the books. She had two, uh, two discrete segments on the website that were both dedicated to like posting and shaming uh, rumors about her in the books, like really, really weird stuff. It, and I, and I read all these things and I just, I just don't know why she gives a shit (laughs) i guess there's it was my favorite one on there that that i found so far is still the the thing about how uh some article said that you know some some this website claimed that i had a mansion that had 15 bedrooms actually (laughs) five like it's just like (laughs) fucking like for one i am sure that whatever article she's quoting was being like was exaggerating for effect like second of all i don't know if like if someone's making fun of you for being like super rich and out of touch i don't know if saying actually i only have five bedrooms is uh all that it's (laughs) just such a weird she responds to such weird stuff that i just feel like uh, like would be better just to let be out there just go go to tiffany's Take even rumor <laughs> yeah yeah i get some you know girls love shoes <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you get shoes at tiffany's do you i don't know uh, um i like and she also responds to like book-based rumors like oh like all the like, title rumors and stuff yeah it's like why and i like i feel like someone's gonna be mad at me and be like well you know it's 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 tough to be the creator of a huge very popular thing uh but it's like i think it has passed the threshold of like amount of popularity that i think she could just be fine like she holds all the creative control i don't know why she has to respond to every single rumor about like like, he's going to die in the fifth book or whatever and, and, and treat it as like a personal affront is the weird thing too like people people you know just make up theories and rumors and stuff because they like a book like people are interested and they're engaged and they and they're you know they they want to to talk to each other about like you know what's going to happen in the next book and like to have an author like actively blogging about why all that is wrong is so weird to me like and pottermore does feel like a, a like a more like sanitized and like official version of that in a weird way like the way that Pottermore has like been used to like retcon a bunch of weird stuff and fill in a lot of the like world building mechanics that people would often talk about. It's, it feels like a like long form version of these blog posts where she's like, no, uh, the next Harry Potter book is not called the pillars of Sturge. Like, just, <laughs> like just yeah, and, and it's like, why, why even like the book's going to come out and people are going to see that it wasn't called that yeah like i you, think yeah you know imo just let that one go go play some minecraft or something just don't you don't have to respond yeah um i guess also uh rewinding to the johnny depp stuff there was also a, a very funny uh like clarification 
Pottermore reached out and said it had nothing to do with the Johnny Depp casting. Mm-hmm. So, so you can uh, take that for for what it's worth, which is approximately zero. <laughs> <laughs> they did also promise that there's lots more uh, exciting content to come from them at Warner Brothers. So, great. Look, looking forward to that. This is going to be. What we love. You know, our, our past couple episodes have been very, very uh, positive, uh, especially on the book front. Um, and I think th- this week we're taking we're taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a dive. We've we're are reading this week. We're not. Uh, I don't know. Honeymoon's over on on Sorcerer's Stone. I think. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I guess we have been very positive lately. We've been uh, doing lots of fun stuff and watching fun videos. And this episode, we have this this bad news from Pottermore, uh, and Our now we're getting website. in. Our favorite website, and now we're getting into chapters 14 and 15. Uh, Chapter 14 is Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback, and chapter 15 is The Forbidden Forest. These chapters were rough. Yeah, real rough. I was not expecting this at all. Yeah, we were on kind of a high point, I thought. I, I mean, I know we kind of we kind of dunked on Quidditch a little bit. Um, but Quidditch, Quidditch was just something where it was like I was I knew going in and also like if that was the worst that was going to be in the book, it's like, cool, that's that like it's not for me. I'm sure some people like it. Whatever. Yeah, and and I I went into these chapters excited about them which was different from from the quidditch chapters which i went in thinking like oh i'm gonna be bored by this dumb game and sure enough i was (laughs) um but this one um i was i mean it's a it's a baby dragon chapter yeah i was so excited you have a a baby dragon called norbert there's nothing that can go wrong or so i thought and yeah yeah, uh, I've, I've I've spent all week kind of percolating on these chapters. Um, do you want me to kind of just before we kind of get into what we didn't like? Do you want me to kind of take us through like the events of this chapter? Like, yeah, because because we're gonna be. I think a lot of our criticism this week is gonna be like structural. So I think it will be helpful for listeners, you know, especially if they haven't been actively reading with us, to just sort of line out like what is it that happens? What what what's going on perfect yeah so here's kind of like a sequence of events in this first chapter um we start out uh with like cute slice of life stuff exams are coming up um and harry ron and hermione they go to hagrid's hut i think they're going to kind of bug him about the nicholas flamel stuff um because they had just you know found out about that and they see a dragon egg in the fire um and they ask Hagrid, he's like, you know, I, I got it from a guy in a bar. Uh, I want him in a game. Uh, Malfoy looks in the window of the hut and sees the dragon hatch. Because they're the kids are like going back and forth to the hut to kind of help Hagrid out and talk to him. Uh, Hagrid doesn't want to give the dragon up. The dragon's getting more and more dangerous. Uh, the kids convince Hagrid to contact ron's brother charlie to see if he can take the dragon 
uh, to his sanctuary and Hagrid agrees. Ron gets bit bitten by the dragon, has to go to the hospital because his uh, arm turns green and swells up to twice its side size. Um, the kids have to use the invisibility cloak and bring the dragon to the tallest tower in the castle so that Charlie's brother, or excuse me, Ron's brother's friends uh, can pick him up and bring him to the sanctuary. Uh, they leave their cloak behind at the top of the tower and get caught by Filch. Yeah. That's the it's, chapter. It's, uh, it's a lot happens. And it's like, like I, last week I said that the mirror of air said stuff was like kind of a bottle story. And like, this also feels like a bottle story, but a bad one. Like Norbert exists only in this chapter to be this like really wonky catalyst to get Harry into the forbidden forest. I, I guess I'll start by saying I had a tough time untangling my feelings about this chapter because on the one hand it was, um, I felt like for the rest of the book, I've been really enjoying Hagrid for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. We had some reservations was, about him at yeah. first, but it like, yeah. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because I think the movies had changed my opinion of Hagrid as just being kind of this uh, benevolent, like kind of guardian figure in Harry's life that was pretty much kind of do no wrong, maybe like a little oafish sometimes. Um, and in the book, so far, like he's a little bit more of an ambiguous character. He he goes to the bar while, while they're in Diagon Alley and um, he you know, makes a, a lot of like weird mistakes and is just, and I, and I liked that about him. This chapter, I did not like Hagrid. No. I did not. And, and I was like, is this a problem with the chapter or is this a problem with me finding him unlikable? Because there's nothing wrong with a character that isn't likable. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I I understand that, his like character flaw in this chapter is that he loves animals so much that he is willing to overlook this kind of obvious danger. And for me personally, like I, I, I hate that, like I hate that, you know, bad animal husbandry stuff. So I was like thinking to myself, like, am I just like more sensitive to this being a plot point or is this bad? And I kind of came to the conclusion, uh, that it's just there kind of for no reason. Like I, I, I am fine with him doing something wrong, but there's no resolution to his wrongness. No, it's, and it's, it's, it's so frustrating because it, this is him reverting back to like the weird, barely functional man child that like kind of rubbed me the wrong way in the first appearance you know mm -hmm. yeah um like he's he's obsessed with this dragon and like there's all these really terrible jokes where he calls himself his its mummy uh and like he's clearly unaware of like just how dangerous this thing is and like like hagrid we know like trained fluffy right like he's not he's clearly good at his job normally around around dangerous animals so he's a gamekeeper so him suddenly becoming a huge idiot around this dragon is a weird weird change and like it, there's no growth for him here like he he gets these kids in danger they bail him out 
he doesn't learn or change at all in the process. And like the story and and not in a way where like the story acknowledges it, where they're like, Hey, we just did this for you. uh, And, and, and you're not, you don't understand what a big deal this is. It's just like, it it is so transparently a a vehicle to move the plot forward. And there's no character development here. Yeah. You, we will talk about this in the next chapter, but it's, it's as if this didn't happen or this was not, a serious thing that happened. Um, and it is like a weird return. I think that Hagrid is supposed to be this comic relief character, but only for this one chapter. You mentioned the, uh, the, the like, I'm your mummy jokes. And it's like, I'm okay with that joke one time only because it makes, it reminds me of like, it's a pretty common like turn of phrase when like a duckling hatches to be like, oh, it thinks that I'm its mom or whatever. But this is a consistent Hagrid spends this whole chapter as like a joke where he is. He becomes like Bill Dotrieve from King of the Hill in this one. Like he's just like the sad, <laughs> the sad, weird, old, like fat guy. And it's like really just like, I don't, this doesn't work here. Like this doesn't feel, this feels mean. Like, like, like I think that's my problem here. This on top of the structural problems here and we'll we'll get to that because like this chapter is just a mess in terms of like what happens but like from a character perspective it just feels mean and like like Hagrid is like the butt of a joke here and it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me I don't know it's it just feels like uh like he's he's like the clown who's here to you know because he gets bitten a bunch he is like oafish and like doesn't recognize the danger he's in he gets ron harmed and like just gets mad at ron like it's just like he sucks here yeah um and i and i i spent like i i read this chapter a couple times because i couldn't quite understand if I was supposed to be like I think I was supposed to be laughing at him but maybe also feeling sympathetic which I absolutely didn't at any point um that might be a consequence of reading it as an adult because it seems absolutely insane to have um three 11 year olds help you with your extremely serious problem yeah (laughs) uh and I and I think this actually the part of it like this extended um Hagrid is its mom joke and like Hagrid is getting injured um is maybe a good example of the the comedy that doesn't work in this book for me because it honestly brought me back to the Quidditch chapter because I I feel like there are a lot of funny things in this book but when a character for a long sequence is supposed to be the joke that doesn't work for me right Um, yes and this one, it's like Hagrid is the joke here. And there are like good actual funny moments in this chapter, but it's Hermione has incredible lines. Yeah. 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 Um, there, there, there's there's the uh Hagrid, you live in a wooden house thing, which is like <laughs> amazing line. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's part of what what makes it so frustrating is that this could have worked. Like the 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 pieces are all there for something. Like it's it's not that like having Hagrid make a bad decision and get this dragon and have the kids have to deal with it is a bad idea for a part of the plot. It's that at every opportunity to 
do something with it the book just sort of continues to treat it as a joke and like the the resolution of this whole thing is like i think you 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 brought this up i I don't know if you have this highlighted but like after all of this like back and forth with him uh they kind of convince hagrid to go along with the charlie plan like not like in second person it's just like mentioned offhand that like eventually hagrid agreed to do this thing like it's not like a scene like there's no scene where they like try and convince him he's just like okay this chapter has got like two pages to go we better we better like wrap this up and say yep Hagrid agreed right like it is this it's this bizarre moment where they discover the like silver bullet to this plot problem yet this should be probably a character moment for Hagrid since he's been um having this problem this entire time and, ha- and having this huge emotional response to it that is played off as a joke well because like like harry and ron both i think suggest separately early on that like hey get rid of this thing you know set it free and he's like no uh and then i guess set this thing free because we know a guy is the thing that works like it's yeah and and the line is kind of like it goes through there is some dialogue where uh ron says oh i remember i have a a brother that takes care of dragons and uh no it's like harry, a little... harry there's the, the there's the dumb line where like harry says charlie and like ron says now you've lost it i'm ron like as if he, <laughs> oh yeah that's he, what it is that, was, that that joke really didn't work for me either because it's like you know ron isn't stupid like come on yeah um but then at the end of that like that is the dialogue that we get and it just says and in the end hagrid <laughs> agreed that they could send an owl to charlie to ask him it's like why <laughs> like i i don't it just it just doesn't it gives Hagrid no opportunity to have any any growth or or character moments in this chapter other than just being a joke. And then and then the the letter that letter to Charlie becomes a plot point, but like in retrospect, because it turns out Ron left it in a book that Malfoy borrowed and 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 it's there's no scene where like ron puts it in a book and says you know i better not forget this or like anything like that it's after the fact while he's in madame pomfrey's after being bitten he's like slapping slapping his forehead going like dull malfoy borrowed that book and also i put the letter in it which is new information like it's so messy everything that's happening here i don't understand why haggard just agrees to the charlie thing sort of like not in a character scene uh i don't understand why like if if the charlie solution was the one they wanted to go with why couldn't why did it have to be that why couldn't it have either been a scene or like what if harry and hermione and ron like snuck norbert out like stole him or something because they knew that this is the best thing for hagrid you know why why does the why do these like i mean like i get that they're supposed to be like you know wizard greenpeace activists or whatever why are these like why is charlie's immediate response like yes of course i will help you commit a crime like like you know and then also his friends are like also completely happy making these 11 year olds complicit in a crime why do they just leave the invisibility cloak at the top of the tower like they just it's it it doesn't get like knocked away it doesn't get like stepped on and like pulled off it doesn't get I don't know, Norbert doesn't bite it and like drag it off of them or whatever, Malfoy or Filch sees or whatever. It's just, oops, we left it at the top of the tower. Like, there are so many things here where 
I could see how we could get to the same point in the story in a better way. And like every opportunity it has to do to like make this make sense. It just forfeits and it's like everything is a coincidence everything is mentioned after the fact clues aren't being planted there's no payoffs here it's just here's what happens it's all dumb yeah um it's surprising to me because obviously this is a, a children's mystery book and so you know a lot a lot of the stuff that happens is is pretty like basic and convenient and yet this is the chapter that really stretches my like willingness to go along with these contrived events to put us in the forbidden forest just because it it isn't satisfying to read and it feels it feels really rough in comparison to the rest of the book which has been mostly like you know it's been tight writing i would say like a, a mystery can be simple and obvious and still be satisfying like like there's no like all of the quirrell stuff uh in this book is super like as reading as an adult all of those like red herrings with Snape and Quirrell are super duper obvious, but they are written in a really good way. Like they they are they are clever. Even if you know what you're supposed to be looking for, they still like work as like, yeah, I believe this is what Harry would be noticing as a character in this situation. Here, it's like every every really bleeding obvious thing that happens has no clever setup. You know, like, you know, I don't have a problem with them not being in the invisibility cloak and getting seen. It's just like, why does it have to be, oops, we forgot it. Like, there are so many ways. It Like, there are so many opportunities to, like, lampshade that a bit. Like, being being obvious and, and convenient is fine. Uh, not, it, it, this this lacks any window dressing, I think is the, the way I'd put it. Like, there's no, all of the, like, panache that the, the mystery has before is gone here. Yeah, and it feels like such a missed opportunity because there are so many small changes that could be made that would make this feel more satisfying. Uh, like you said, uh, having that scene where he puts the letter in the book to later be found by Malfoy later. Um, or or even, I didn't think of that, like Norbert bites the cloak and, and you know, it gets, it f falls off of the, the tower or whatever. Um but just none of none of that happens and i and then there's just other stuff like why do they have to go to the tower like if if charlie's friend like i know we're getting into like really nitpicky like like i don't know like like normally i am not the kind of person who who worries too much about this sort of thing but like why do they have to go to the tower if they're flying in on broomsticks couldn't they have just like flown to hagrid's hut like what's the difference like yeah, I mean, I think that I, I'm not usually that nitpicky about that stuff either. Um, but when a chapter is this frustrating, that's just all you think about. Yeah, it's, it's just like it's it's a house of cards and you're just like it, it, the entire thing starts falling apart in, in, a, in a really unfortunate way. It's a bummer. I was really excited for dragon stuff. Yeah, Norbert, um, the cute description of him as being looking like a crumpled umbrella really worked for me. I thought that it's was really cute. cute. Yeah, um, that's good. And like, there's, uh, let me, uh, I will actually say my favorite line in this whole, I think in, in our, in our whole reading is actually from this chapter, uh, where they are talking about, it being a baby and where is it's like the wooden house line is one incredible one mm -hmm. 
uh okay here we go it's all right he only got my boot just playing he's only a baby after all the baby banged its tail on the wall making the windows rattle which is like one of my favorite just like that's a good sly joke like in the text that i I appreciated um yeah i I don't know like there's still cute stuff here but it's it's such a weird chapter and it's like so i think i think like now if we want to get into the forbidden forest stuff in the next chapter it, it, it reading the forbidden forest chapter makes everything in the norbert chapter even worse i think because it becomes incredibly obvious how uh contrived a plan the entire last chapter was just to get harry in detention yeah it's kind of hard to talk about this chapter on its own without the chapter afterward which is the forbidden forest so i guess uh we can get right into that because I'm sure that we'll be rewinding to talk about the Norbert chapter in the context of this chapter. Um, I will go through a quick, like, again, like the sequence of events in this chapter because it is a, yeah. like a plot chapter. Totally. Um, so we pick up right where we left off. Um, uh, and so Hermione, Harry... And Neville, I, I actually don't remember why Neville was there at all. Do you? Um, Malfoy, because Malfoy saw the dragon. Me- Neville was re- trying to warn them that Malfoy oh, was right. going to find them, I right, think, is right. what it was. Yeah. Right. So so Malfoy's out there trying to like catch them uh, with the dragon and get them in big trouble. Um, so they all get caught. McGonagall yells at malfoy neville harry and hermione uh, oh sorry it's just real quick i'd like mcgonagall says four students out of bed in one night i've never seen anything like it which i really <laughs> like i i like to think that this was like for the benefit of them being 11 year olds like yeah like she's, that's she's just having some fun see that's what i thought but she was also mad enough to take away 150 points which like seems like a fucking lot that's um, a lot because it, it took them from what first place to last place yeah in the house in the house cup but just like the idea that like oh you've been running this wizard school for teenagers for like god knows how many years and you've never seen like four students sneaking at one time like okay sure i'm, I'm actually i'm pretty sure that uh she was a teacher when the chamber of secrets was opened the first time <laughs> So, I don't know. A student was murdered, which might be the worst thing. Yeah. It might be worse than this. Jury's still yeah. out. Um, yeah. It could be. Uh, so, so that they get yelled at, they get their point, points taken off, and they've got a detention. Um, the next, like, part is Harry being shunned by the school, basically, or by Gryffindor, at least. And it's yeah. just this horrible sequence of everyone's mad at him. Uh, like the Gryffindors, all the Slytherins, and you know they walk by him in the halls and they say, "Hey, thanks um, for losing all the points." Um, it's very sad. Um, Harry overhears an argument between Quirrell and Snape. It's just kind of a little bit more of the same sort of, you know, you know he he hears it and hears it as Snape being the bad guy. Um, they meet with Hagrid for detention. Uh, they go into the Forbidden Forest to put down a unicorn, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's just kind of like some some you know forest, some spooky forest tension. Uh, Harry and Draco encounter Voldemort's weird ghost thing, drinking blood from a unicorn, and he gets saved by a centaur friends. Yeah, and that's the chapter. This chapter 
is insane and i think with the norbert stuff it collapses under its own weight <laughs> like yeah the first okay like first of all the first on the first page of this chapter the line how could they have been so stupid as to leave or as to forget the cloak good question like, good fucking question if, like if you have to put that in your book i feel like that's like a good sign that it might be time for a rewrite but um <laughs> uh this is so frustrating because hagrid is leading their detention right all of this is hagrid's fault there is at no point any indication that hagrid understands that this is his fault he does not like and it feels and, and it's it's doubly frustrating because it feels like the answer is so obvious here there is either harry needs to pull hagrid aside and be like hey dude what the fuck uh <laughs> because like this is all you know this is all hagrid's fault or at least imply or say somewhere that like hagrid volunteered to oversee detention so it wouldn't be so bad because he knows that he got hermione and harry in trouble like that seems like a really obvious way out of this but instead he like like filch filch talks to them about torture for a bit which is also weird um and then like drops him off with Hagrid and Hagrid goes off on this really weird rant at Malfoy about how you've done wrong and you need to repay the school. And this, you know, this is how things are done at Hogwarts. It's like, Hagrid, you got expelled like too. Yeah, I hate this. I hate this lecture. I was so mad through this whole thing. And I understand. And again, this is like a weird moment where I feel like what I was supposed to feel clashed with what I did, because I think that I'm supposed to like, uh, feel happy that Malfoy's getting like this lecture because he's a spoiled brat and and he does get this lecture because he's like I'm gonna tell my father that you're taking me into this dangerous forest um which you know that seems reasonable to me um and then he, and then Hagrid just goes on this weird like tone deaf lecture and I understand that it's at Malfoy and not at harry and hermione but he hagrid goes on this like weird internet samurai rant like like yeah. you've done wrong and now you've got to pay for it that's how it is at hogwarts and like copying lines what what good is that to anyone you'll do something useful or you'll get out if you think your father rather you were expelled than get back off to the castle and pack and it's like like is this hagrid like typing an angry comment like on on fox news or something like what is his deal here like when has hagrid been a stickler for the rules like what the he, hell is he on yeah he's been breaking the rules this entire book he, he just had a dragon he just had a dragon which is like highly illegal go to jail type crime this is like like he did wrong and he is explicitly not having to pay for it um, yeah i did not forget the last chapter moreover he's been breaking the rules the whole book in the first like the first time we meet him, he uses his wand, which he's not supposed to do. He yeah. goes for a drink while Harry is like in the robe shop. He has an illegal dragon. He, I mean, it's just. Um, he hides I, his wand from Ollivander, like in the store. It It is, it is such a weird moment. And in this moment, I just don't like Hagrid. And I think that I'm supposed to. Yeah, it, it, I don't know why. Like, I don't know, just like, like, just toss like a wink towards Harry when they appear or something like, hey, I'm you know, like, it'll be OK. I'm running the detention like something like 
to indicate that he understands what he did was wrong you know i or on the flip side like because a major theme in this book is you know the adults in harry's life being useless right and -hmm. like they're the opposite way they could have gone here is harry being disillusioned with hagrid who up to this point basically has been the like you know the magical guardian for him you know there's some you know some thoughts about like like why is hagrid you know letting me roast for this thing that was his fault you know, like, yeah it's it's it, much like the norbert chapter it's not just that there are weird problems here it feels it's frustrating because there are weird problems that just seem so easy to fix yeah and i mean even harry and his internal thoughts that we get to hear he takes full responsibility i think there is a line where he just says it was all my fault and and kind of the his like mental state throughout this chapter is like the problem was that he investigates stuff too much. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to continue investigating things because all of this was like our fault. And yeah, they did break the rules, right? Like that, that is true. But uh, Hagrid, Hagrid's kind of did, it's all mostly his fault actually. Yeah. Well, and like the only thing I can think of here is like, you know, maybe, Harry is loyal enough to Hagrid for like showing him this new world, etc. That like maybe he's happy to do for Hagrid here what Hermione did for him and Ron in the troll chapter, and like you know just take it on the take it on the chin, like for a friend, which I would accept, except for the fact that Hagrid's a grown ass man and like Harry is eleven, and Harry does not need to stick his neck out for a grown ass man. Yeah, and um. I I find it believable that a child would not have that perspective, um, except that it still doesn't really work for me because in the last chapter, uh, Harry, Hermione, and Ron took on this bizarre like authority role over Hagrid. Yeah, almost in solving his problem and dealing with his like emotional issues with the dragon. Yeah, yeah so, and. We're not even like scrap. We haven't even gotten into like the most insane part of this thing, which is that their detention is to go into the forest and euthanize a unicorn. Why? That's crazy. It's so stupid. They're why? Eleven. Like, why couldn't it have just been like, okay, you're gonna go into the forbidden forest with Hagrid to like pick up some mushrooms for Professor Sprout's class? And then they find the unicorn. You know, like why isn't it why is it that like is this what punishments are at Hogwarts? Like, you know, Filch was saying that, that they used to, like, hang people up in chains, I guess. But, like, uh, like going and euthanizing creatures in a forest because you uh, got caught out of bed at night seems a little fucking extreme. It has. I mean, the whole the whole thing is, like, Hagrid has been seeing unicorn blood, and that means that there's a unicorn injured and they need to put it down. Fair. I I understand that. Um, he goes in with four, right, four 11-year-olds with a crossbow to go put this thing down. I, maybe I just especially think this is crazy because, like, I'm pretty sensitive to, like, animal violence. And I'm just imagining being, like, an 11-year-old, like, like I, I'm like Hermione here, like, really? I'm going to go and watch you, like, old yeller this unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like appropriate? That seems yeah, horrible. Yeah, it seems it seems insane. Like like 
Like, what are also like, what are the 11 year olds going to do? What's the goal here? Like, like, do they does Hagrid need like uh, someone to like, you know, hold the, the unicorn down or whatever while he like shoots it in the head? Like, what? Like, what? what is the what's the plan here? It's especially bizarre because we like this is such a just whiplash chapter because last one Hagrid was just like so- spent the whole chapter sobbing over this dragon and call it you know saying like I'm its mummy um, and then this chapter he's just like this like crossbow forest man he's that's- fu- yeah he's fucking he's 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 strapped he's got that MF fang on him and he is ready to put a hole in that unicorn. <laughs> it's absurd yeah it's yeah he he goes from like blubbering wreck to like like level 50 ranger in like like (laughs) the span of the chapter and i don't get it at all oh and just like all of the tension building stuff in this chapter is so goofy like the kids split up and one gets to take the dog to go like track the unicorn blood and um Neville gets scared, which just seems very sensible to me. Um, and there's this like contrived getting Harry to go with Draco and Fang because Neville has to be with Hagrid, but the the chapter doesn't do anything with it. Like Harry Harry no. and Draco literally walk in silence. Like they have no interactions. Like, why is Draco even here? Why do I give a shit? Yeah, I just <laughs> I just really I don't know what what Hagrid's plan like do they because Hagrid clearly if they're tracking it like they it's not that he thinks the unicorn is like down and out right like he's he's clearly thinks that the unicorn is still like limping around or whatever yeah like is he just is he just like they split up right like if the other party like the distant party like finds the unicorn is Hagrid just gonna like go and like shoot the unicorn (laughs) from far away like (laughs) like Ah, the whole the mechanics of this are so insane and then it turns out that there's centaurs in the forest which i actually think i like the centaurs i like the mars is bright tonight stuff Uh but it also this is like the the closest the books get to like talking about how fucked up the 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 like human magical creature relations are uh because the centaurs clearly don't like humans seems pretty fair honestly from what we know about goblins and house elves and all that stuff um uh but it's it's weird that we get like this like as well as seeing uh professor quirrell slurping on that unicorn blood harry gets like an earful of like uh fucking like centaur politics for a couple of pages and no like i don't think that ever comes up again like it's just like here's a little bit of here's a little bit of centaur drama for you well it does a little bit because friends comes and teaches at hogwarts and he's shunned by the rest of the centaurs for talking to people oh you know okay you know what you're right i completely forgotten about that i forgot the friends he shows up more yeah because he takes over for trelawney when she that's right yeah um yeah because the centaurs have real divination, whereas Trelawney has fake divination that is Which, like, as far as I can tell from this, it seems like kind of the same divination. Yeah, a little bit. Um, like a lot of planet stuff. So I guess, like, the big reveal of this chapter is that 
uh like Voldemort is alive still right like like Harry is pretty upset about that at the end of this chapter yeah um also uh this might be like a, a movie problem but was it was it Quirrell there or does Voldemort like disconnect from him and like zoom around as a ghost um I think the implication is that it is Quirrell okay. like because the because I the reason I say that is because the thing that Harry overhears uh he what he assumes it's Snape yelling at Quirrell but he only hears Quirrell is Quirrell saying please not again blah 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 so I'm assuming I'm assuming Quirrell's like arguing with Voldemort like no I don't want to go give a unicorn the suck today but oh yeah 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 yeah. why he can like glide I don't under that that part I can't tell you but I think it is supposed to be Quirrell. Well, because Snape, not Snape. Well, Snape also can fly, but uh, Voldemort <laughs> maybe, maybe taught Quirrell how to fly. Yeah. Um, that's still my favorite new lore. <laughs> yeah. I think yes, probably, the, probably the most if you're blessed evil, lore. If you're evil enough, you can fly. Yeah. Um, the, oh, the other thing is that uh, for as, as weird and bad as this is, Hermione also gets the best line in this chapter, which is, uh, we're centaurs, and Hermione says, we'd noticed, which is... <laughs> also, also so the centaur asks them, like, uh, do you learn anything up at that school? And she says, a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's I so really good. Oh. Um, yeah. However, I think that I, I have a different favorite line, which is when they're at the very end, when they're all talking about how like Voldemort is alive and they have come to the conclusion that Snape is trying to steal the Sorcerer's Stone to give it to Voldemort. And um, and I think it's Harry that says, and all this time we thought Snape just wanted to get rich. <laughs> like oh god that's so good i guess teacher salaries aren't great in the wizarding world either like no it seems like the wizarding world has inherited a lot of the same problems from our society (laughs) but yeah yeah snape just wants to get rich that's my let snape be rich that's my that's my take yeah I, i want that book Anyway, when he goes to bed, he has a note that says, uh, just in case, and it has the, the invisibility cloak, so. Oh, yeah, which still would have worked if the invisibility cloak had fallen off the tower or something. Yeah, yeah, like, there. the running theme with both of these chapters is, like, a lot of weird structural problems that have seemingly, may, maybe there's just stuff I'm missing and, like, all of my ideas are stupid, but, like, these all seem like really fixable problems this feels so first draft to me yeah i everything just kind of happens and is like very in retrospect and seems like convenient in a way that doesn't work for me um this for for a book that like has been so careful about plotting its like clues and stuff out like all that goes out the window here yeah um i i did i did like some of the like stuff in this chapter i guess um we also had a little bit of a return to um the the death theme right like the acceptance of death and you mm-hmm. know the the whole thing with you know you you kill a you know you can live for a long time if you drink unicorn blood but you're cursed and who would want to live like like it's better better to die than to live a cursed life cursed extended life which mm-hmm. um, seems i mean that is that is the theme that uh jk rowling like says her books are about so I yeah mentioning and, and i think that stuff is all 
like pretty good. I liked I liked what Harry said, but who would be that desperate? If you're going to be cursed forever, death's better, isn't it? And he says that to the centaur. So I think that's a nice yeah. moment. Yeah. The, yeah, there's there's good moments here. And like I like Norbert. I like that there's a baby dragon. Just I wish that it was involved involved in a plot that made sense, I guess. Later on we find out that Norbert is a is a female dragon. Oh, and and okay here's here's my thing with that so like charlie apparently finds out that it's a that, that norbert is norberta uh not making that up that is that is what they went with um because she is uh more aggressive than than the males i guess is the thing with norwegian ridgebacks so charlie like i'm no like biological essentialist or anything but <laughs> that's how you figured it out like i feel like there's an easier way i feel like there's an easier way to figure out <laughs> like he's a biologist he's a dragon biologist he didn't just go like oh yep like he just like ah its behavior is much more female <laughs> i don't know it's just really dumb this book's dumb the series is dumb yeah um i also like have known a lot of people who have <clears throat> like kept animals that maybe aren't sexually dimorphic until they get older and honestly, you usually name the animal, and sometimes it turns out that, you know, the gendered name you gave it is uh, not, it's, you know, like, turn, it turns out that it's, you know, a boy or a girl dragon, uh, and you just keep the name because it's- Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's Norbert. And yeah. Norbert doesn't have uh, a concept of gendered names, I don't think. Yeah, I- yeah, we don't need we don't need to impose that on the dragon world. IMO. No, no. Um all the all the dragon stuff is super like it's, it's so weird to me. Like there there are I, I like read on the wiki that dragons like are the hardest creature to keep away from muggles, like to keep them from seeing, which makes sense. And, and like i i think it's cute too because like that means you know if we're going back to like medieval art or whatever that has dragons and stuff in it it's like oh that's cute that that means that you know that's just dragons that muggles happen to see and that kind of thing i, I like that yeah um i think that is like something that is done well in some cases like in this case and then sometimes it's very silly yes um, I mean, it is silly, but um, th this is a good example of a way that it's done well in this world, I think. Um, Don't worry, they will make an entire movie out of the premise of keeping uh, animals out of muggle sight soon. So Is that what Fantastic Beasts is about? That is the entirety of Fantastic Beasts. Oh, speaking of Fantastic Beasts, um, like the, the textbook, um, that was, kind of, I think, where it was introduced, like, that the ministry categorizes magical creatures like uh, like whether they are beasts or beings i think mm -hmm. and this is some kind of like extended centaur lore from the wiki which is that um they are the ministry categorizes them as beasts because like i, I guess the ministry like went to the centaurs was like good news you know you can be a being and they said no because they don't like hags and hags are classified as beings and they didn't want to be <laughs> in the same like category yeah so mm -hmm. i think i think merfolk too like the mer people Mer they said no too because they don't like hags i don't know what the problem with hags are 
yeah i I didn't even realize that hag was like its own thing i guess i mean i guess like crone is a yeah okay you know okay i can see that but like just the idea that like mm, we don't like these other things so we'd like like it's not that they it's not that they want to stay beasts because they find the like classification insulting on its face it's that they just don't like one of the other ones which is kind of dumb i think i i find it uh interesting that the ministry is willing to impose these like kind of fucked up uh categorizations on magical creatures and yet yeah. they respect like whether or not they want to be beings or not like it was it's like okay you can put in your application to become a being and they said no thank you oh wait, okay all right does that mean does that mean it's legal to hunt centaurs that seems kind of fucked i don't know what any of this means yeah i don't we have all these classifications know. and i think that i mean i think it's supposed to be like a commentary like this is bad right like or is it yeah i, I don't know so but like they never get into it so it never matters so I, and they don't get into like what it means at all yeah yeah i don't know about that one i don't know about these chapters the centaurs uh, look great in um the movie <laughs> oh we'll we'll get to that when the <laughs> oh my god the forensic looks like uh fucking what's his name brock lesnar attached to a pony it's really funny <laughs> uh, that movie came out in 2001 right yeah same year as the lord of the, like not that the lord of the rings cgi looks good now either but like i do remember even as a kid seeing both of those in theaters like back to back they were around they were both out around christmas time i think mm-hmm. and like you compare the troll scene from lord of the rings to the troll scene in the harry potter movie and it's just like these are not even close to comparable <laughs> can't can't wait oh i cannot wait um yeah so i guess that kind of wraps it up for these chapters do you have any any final thoughts for i'm yeah just real quick i i'm i i feel like my world has been has been turned upside down now because i've been it has been such smooth sailing with this book up until these chapters. I, mm-hmm. I loved everything up to this. And now I am super curious how this ends. Like, like, cause next we have, it's basically just like the, the trials to find the stone and then the showdown with Voldemort. And like, that's it. And I'm really curious how, like, is this just going to be kind of a bump in the road or is it all downhill from here for the book? And I'm, I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. Yeah. Um, we are like really coming up on the end so these chapters felt like weirdly out of place and such a surprising because because i was expecting the quidditch to be the bump in the road like okay these these are going to be the ones that drag and that are not going to be as exciting or fun or um or like resonant and then i just can't believe that it was these two that i i don't know i just got I just got whiplash from these these chapters. I yeah, think. if you had told me if you told me before we were going to read this that the chapter with the baby dragon and the chapter with the centaurs was going to be the worst part of the book, I would have laughed because that sound you know on paper that sounds great. That sounds like the best stuff. Yeah, but uh, oof. Yeah, I I mean, I I read these like a couple times because I was just looking for a different reading of them or to glean something different and it just didn't didn't really come to me so yeah uh, too bad too bad but (laughs) 
but uh you know sometimes if uh okay you know what i'm just gonna say i'm, I'm setting up get ready because I'm, I'm setting up a uh, i'm setting up a a, a a real pitch here for you okay i'm ready okay sometimes if you're not satisfied you know with harry potter you're you know with, mm -hmm. what, with what's been given to you sometimes you got to do it yourself oh yeah <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break and then uh and then we're gonna play a little game <laughs> In our journey uh, through Harry Potter uh, and the Harry Potter and the cultural artifacts, let's say, um, we we we've stumbled across some uh, some interesting YouTube videos and articles about DIY. Um, <laughs> now, when we were planning this episode, you said you didn't want to talk about DIY at the beginning because you were worried you were going to be mean. Um, <laughs> you. You 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 would say that you are a self-professed DIY snob. Am I, am I am I is that fair? I guess I said a crafting snob. Crafting snob. Yes. Um. So here's the thing. It was too good to pass up the opportunity to talk about this stuff in some way. The the gist of it is, uh, for those who don't waste their time looking up this stuff like I do, um, waste. They're, uh, yes no 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 not a waste um those who spend their time looking up uh culturally important uh things like harry potter all the time um there's a huge network of people on youtube who make these diy videos about how to make cool harry potter stuff that they appear to all draw from i don't know i would love to find like who the original source on these was but it's all like making a light box that says Lumos, uh, using a hot glue gun to make a wand <laughs> with a chopstick. Um, and it's too insane not to talk about it. Like all of them involve uh, hot glue guns. Uh, and that's kind of been a running joke with us for a bit now has been uh, DIYers and their hot glue guns. However, what we're going to do is we're going to test your crafting snobbery. Uh -oh. I, I found some harry potter diys that aren't in the same uh quite the same uh category as the ones we found uh on youtube uh they are just as insane um <laughs> oh, good. uh but what i'm going to do is i'm going to read you the components but i am going to leave off whether or not a hot glue gun is required or not <laughs> and what i want you to tell me is whether or not you think that this project needs a hot glue gun so to be clear song. yeah yeah to be clear this is not whether i would use a hot glue gun no because the answer would be no <laughs> no this is do you think that whoever wrote put this list together included a hot glue gun and i left it off or not are you are you ready to, to flex your uh, your crafting muscles uh-huh yeah okay so the first thing we have here is a DIY mirror of Erised. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for this, 
the uh, the creator has uh, has written down, you will need a large piece of cardboard. What? Uh, a large, large piece of cardboard. I used a flat screen TV box I got for free from a neighbor. That's uh, what they say here. You're going to need measuring tape, a box mm-hmm. cutter, an X-Acto knife, ruler. A yardstick is helpful if you have one. Pencil. <laughs> two or three cans of black spray paint. Okay. Eight to ten paint sticks. They are free anywhere that sells paint. Black paint. <laughs> Antique gold paint. Martha Stewart metallic gold paint. This stuff is amazing. Oh, branded. Uh, yeah. A foam brush. An old toothbrush for dipping in paint. Template of mirror arch and side posts. And they link to they link to somewhere else where you can get this. Uh, a black Sharpie. And I need you to tell me, do you need a hot glue gun? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> How are you going to make a mirror? Did I, like, fall asleep when you said, like, the part of the mirror? <laughs> they okay to be clear they don't mention it in the instructions but i'm pretty sure they are building a frame to put around a normal mirror oh okay because i was i was waiting like like you know go to michael's buy um like a mirror and then paint the edge um <laughs> you were it so simple you know this, I, or or go go to google image and type in picture of a mirror and print it out <laughs> this is a lot this is a lot okay so we have okay so i'm making a frame like a mirror frame is there a picture like can you is it is it the mirror from the movie yes it it is like a a cardboard version of the frame from the movie god i can't picture the movie mirror at all it's huge though it's fucking huge yeah it's 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 not small are they making a miniature version of this? No, this is a full ass mirror. Oh, okay, so this, is it like a is it like a mirror that you buy at Target during like back to school time for like your dorm? Like, like a, a tall, like a, yeah, like a tall yeah. dorm mirror. Okay, it's just a. So in essence, it's cardboard. Three types of paint. One is branded Martha Stewart paint. <laughs> Yes. Uh, a, um, a yardstick or a measuring or a ruler if you don't have a yardstick. Mm-hmm. Um, scissors? Did you say scissors? Uh, exacto knife. Oh, exacto knife, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no. No, you don't need hot glue because they're just cu- they're just cutting out. Oh wait, you have to glue. Are they taking the? T- are they printing the template and like? Well, no, that doesn't make sense. No, there's no hot glue because they're just cutting it out. They're painting the cardboard, like stenciling the cardboard with the template, and then, I don't know, taping it to the wall. I guess you got hot glue it to the wall. <laughs> no, there's no. You don't need a hot glue gun for this. <laughs> I'm very sorry. They do. They do require a hot glue gun and quote lots of glue sticks. Why? What are they hot gluing? Because they hot glue the entire thing to their mirror. Oh shit! <laughs> they put the enti- they glued the entire thing to the mirror. It's very silly. I didn't um I didn't put together this very important component, which is where you put it on the mirror. 
Um, yeah, that's going to take a lot, a lot of a lot of hot glue. Lots of hot glue. So not a not not a great start. I will send well, you a picture. That sounds like a great project. I can't oh, wait to get it, on that one. It looks it looks incredible. Uh, <laughs> it lo- truly gold cardboard around my mirror. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ready for round two? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Toilet basilisk. Excuse me. Toilet basilisk. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, this one is called, I, I don't know if you heard me, Toilet Basilisk. <laughs> uh, yep, okay. Um, for Toilet Basilisk, <laughs> what you will need <laughs> is a rubber snake from the dollar store, <laughs> glossy white spray paint. Uh-huh. That's it. Wait, what? That's Wait, that's. What? Well, that's it but do you also need hot glue i'm i'm going into my mind palace and i'm thinking about uh scenes from the harry potter books and extended lore thinking about basilisks there was the basilisk in the chamber of secrets uh i still to this day don't know if nagini is a basilisk or not um but i am not coming up with i'm like I'm like, so I'm in my mind palace and I'm going down the hallway that says uh, basilisk and I'm looking around for the the door that says toilet (laughs) and I'm not seeing it. I don't Don't know what happens. (laughs) Um, Is the basilisk in the toilet? Is it on the toilet? Um, Is this like a... A, like a british thing where you say i'm going to the toilet okay i will i will read to you some of the other or i'll tell you some of the other stuff that this project includes because this is this is just one piece of a larger bathroom project that i found oh. um that included uh buying a mp3 recorder off of amazon recording some sounds of people crying and putting a picture of moaning myrtle in the uh in the mirror above the toilet and also there's a motion sensor so when people go in the bathroom a woman starts crying okay um i don't know much about audio or or like when i think to myself if i wanted people to hear crying every time they walk into the bathroom i don't know how i would do that however is that the best way to do that uh I don't, yeah, I don't know how efficient this is. All I know is that they um, they have the sound of a crying girl in their bathroom. Who wouldn't which, want that? Which is just normal stuff that I would do in my normal house. <laughs> so you're creating the moaning Myrtle bathroom, yeah. basically. Or the, yeah. I still don't. I guess. Okay, so Harry Harry whispers. I'm 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 so far away from figuring out if this requires hot glue because I'm I'm like trying to decipher what this means so harry goes into the the bathroom and there's like a snake design on one of the sinks like it's scratched in and he taught he talks to it in in parcel tongue and that opens the bathroom but mm-hmm. i don't really remember any snakes in the bathroom like the snake motifs are in the chamber of secrets in the movie at least mm-hmm. um but but it's not like oh moaning myrtle she lives in the bathroom with all those snakes like all the like stone snakes or snake mm-hmm. 
pictures or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's not called Harry Potter and the, and the Toilet Basilisk is what you're saying. <laughs> it maybe should be. I, the snake moves around in the pipes. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Um. Okay, so I have my rubber snake and I have my glossy white spray paint, which makes me uh-huh. assume that I'm trying to make the snake look like it's made of porcelain. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a, fair, that's a fair assessment, yeah. No, I would not use hot glue. Again, I'm, I'm running into the problem where I would <laughs> yeah, say, you, I'm not going to use hot glue, you gotta put glue yourself, here. You got to put yourself in someone else's shoes here. I don't know what I would be hot, hot gluing it to. Actually, I'm going to say yes, because I bet that they're like hot gluing the toy snake into their like the special shape that the snake is in in the movie is that your is that your answer yeah okay you are you are correct uh hell you, yeah you need a hot glue gun for toilet basilisk and the, I, I have a quote here <laughs> hot glued to the sink and toilet so they look as if they were part of the fixture um <laughs> yeah i have to admit that it's been a while since i have used a hot glue gun like i think i was maybe in seventh grade like doing you know, some kind of craft project, probably. <laughs> it's not real. Like, I guess it could be like a really small rubber snake, but I feel like that wouldn't work very well. Like, I, yeah, hot I, maybe hot glue is way more um, heavy duty than I am imagining. Hmm. I be. I really question how much it looks like it's part of the fixture. Yeah, uh, I can send you some pictures later. Uh, the answer is it does not. It looks like there is a toy snake on the toilet. Yeah, and again, who wouldn't want that? And especially when you <laughs> you walk into the toilet and uh, you hear a crying woman and then there's this uh, snake glued to the toilet. And, and you're like, you go, this oh, is that's normal. Toilet basilisk. This is good. <laughs> Thank you, Toilet Basilisk. <laughs> All right, so point point for you there. Uh, you ready, ready for round three? I am. This is the Save Dobby Sock Rack. Uh, this is a this is a sock rack. Um, it is a it is a block of wood that says Save Dobby on it in the Harry Potter font, uh, and it has a piece of string coming off the bottom with a bunch of clothes pins with lightning bolts on them, uh, and you can put your socks there. Uh, and to make this, you will need a block of wood, acrylic paint, black, a paintbrush, Elmer's glue, glitter, gold, clothes pins, Microsoft Word, not uh, a Mac. Uh, you you do you cannot do this on a Mac, according to this tutorial. Scissors, printer, and do you need a hot glue gun? Why would I ever want to hang my socks this way? To free Dobby. Dobby's already free. Mm, that's true. Um, I can't do this project because I don't have Microsoft Word. Oh shit! <laughs> that's really too bad. I uh, yeah, I, I use I use Open Office. Um, so I'm not going to give Microsoft any more of my money. Yeah. Um. So I take it's just like a, I assume like a, a wooden like rectangle from from michael's mm-hmm. and i i i presume that i get it in microsoft word and i do the harry potter font free dobby mm-hmm. right yep. it out I save dobby it. save dobby um i stencil it i paint that on the the wood 
is there any method to get the string to hang from the wood other than hot glue? There's Elmer's glue, but I don't think Elmer's glue would hold up to so- like the the weight of several pairs of socks over time, you know? Mm-hmm. But what would the Elmer's glue be for? Hmm. Huh. Hmm. This is a tough one. Let me think. We've got are the um the lightning bolts painted onto the clothespins? Um I will the the best I can give you here is that they are definitely three-dimensional. Oh shit. That's um that's prime time for hot glue, it sounds like. Could be. I'm thrown off by the Elmer's glue, especially because I would probably like two kinds of glue in this project, but this is like a wall hanging and it's pretty heavy. (laughs) And I, and I just think that, that, that hot glue is probably stronger than Elmer's glue. Um, I don't think this project should need glue at all. (laughs) Like not, it needs two kinds of glue. No. I'm going to say no hot glue because there is already too much glue. <laughs> you are correct. It is all Elmer's glue. Okay. Are they gluing the string and then hanging socks from it? Yes. There's no way that doesn't Elmer's glue also dry opaque. Yeah. They, so for the lightning bolts, they like drew a zigzag of, of Elmer's glue and then sprinkled glitter on it. Oh, damn. I didn't even consider that. This is, this is why I'm only an apprentice DIYer. <laughs> okay all right you are correct all right so you are two for three all right are you ready for floating candles uh as ready as i'll ever be all right for floating candles you will need paper towels uh uh excuse me paper towel rolls led tea lights scissors push pins glue white paper white slash cream acrylic paint paintbrush plastic container and fishing line do you need hot glue can you run me through the materials one more time paper towel rolls led tea lights scissors push pins glue white paper cream acrylic paint paintbrush plastic container fishing line so i assume that you take the tea light you tie the fishing line around the like base of the 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 like the fake flame right and then you like pan the other side of the the fishing line to your ceiling, hmm. and Good you theory. take the paper towel roll and you cut it in half, and you put the paper towel roll like around the tea light. It's a good theory. And, and then you take the paper and then you wrap the paper around the paper towel roll to make it white. However, you would need something, some kind of fixative to keep the paper towel roll on the tea light and also the paper on the paper towel roll. Well, scissors, pushpin, and glue are listed in the ones I gave you. I think the pushpin would be to it to put the fishing line on the ceiling. What kind of what kind of glue is listed? It just says glue. Ah, but is it cold glue or hot glue? Mm. This this is the this question. Is, this is a tricky one. I think 
think tea lights are pretty light. And if I were doing this project, I would probably be fine with a glue stick. I like, I think that would be plenty, plenty heavy duty enough mm-hmm. um, for this, for this DIY. Um, am I missing a component in my, my no, mental putting no, this together? Not missing a component. No. Okay. No hot glue gun. It's a glue stick. Oof. No! I'm sorry. You do also need a hot glue gun for this one. <sighs> but here's the thing. This was a tricky one because it did also list glue. So I'm going to give you a chance to make up a bonus point here. Can you tell uh-huh. me what you think the hot glue gun is for? Because it's not, you are correct in that the, the glue stick or the normal glue is there f- for the actual candle. But can you tell me what the hot glue gun is for? Wait, it's it's not to glue the paper towel roll no. and the paper? No. no, it is not. But the, am I, am I, can you tell me if I'm right about the push pin? You are correct about the push pin. Do you hot glue the fishing line to the candle? No. What? Do you have any paint? Yeah. Are there- yeah, you have white paper, paintbrush, white cream, acrylic paint. What's the uh, what's the hot glue for? Oh God, no! I know this. You make you make the like wax that's dripping <laughs> yeah. with the hot glue and you paint wax. It. You make the, <laughs> the hot glue gun. Just dump some glue on top of it. And that's your hot, and that's your wax. All of these hot glue project, like they're sculpt, they're sculpting with this hot glue, which is just, uh, it's wild. I it's, this is such a this is a thing. It's a thing. It is okay. a it is a thing. Okay, so you you made up the bonus point there. So uh, I will give you that one, and we're moving on to our final round. Oof. Moving pictures. Uh, if this isn't just <laughs> one one item needed and it's one of those like picture those like digital picture frames, <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. Okay. You will need a shadow box, a black oh, foam God. board, a scrapbook paper frame, two mobile devices. I used old Wait. iPod touches. You can check eBay if you don't have any. Oh, this is just a this is a classic DIY where you just need a couple iPod touches laying around. <laughs> uh, Double sided tape and black duct tape. I'm sure the battery life on those things is is holding up great. <laughs> just shove some fucking phones and iPods in a in a picture frame. Sure, why not? Yeah, uh, DIY is all about crafting on a budget, and I can't think of anything more budget friendly than the you know. The few iPods you have lying around that <laughs> you're not using. using. Yeah. Um. Wow. It's got to be obvious that they're iPods, right? Like you, you don't like. The black duct tape is there to kind of like frame them out, I guess. <laughs> in the shadow box, uh, but yeah, pretty. It's wow. pretty obvious. Okay, so you you have the shadow box and you're taping the. It's just it just looks like iPods in a shadow box. It sure does. Um, if I were doing this DIY, I would try to sell my iPod touches for scrap and then buy one of those digital picture frames. <laughs> that costs like 10% of, a, yeah. of the cost of an iPod. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do like this fictional place that I'm going to sell my iPod touches for scrap. As if that's a real thing that you can do. Hey. If you have if you have some iPod touches lying around, we can go to GameStop and trade them in for all the Harry Potter games. Oh, 
That's a great idea. <laughs> uh, sadly, I, do, I am not in this position, so I'm not going to be able no. to do this DIY either. Um, I've really struck out. No Microsoft Word, no iPod Touches laying around. No hot glue uh, gun. It's true, no hot glue gun. Uh, but will I need one for this project? So I also have foam. Is that right? Yes. What am I doing with that? Is this? Uh, it might just be to like get the to mount the. Yeah, you're basically like. On. Yeah, there. Yes. Yeah, you're. Here's, this is the thing that I know about DIYers, and it's if there's foam involved, there's glue. Did you list an alternative glue in the materials? Uh, the adhesives I listed were double-sided tape and black duct tape. Hmm. I don't know what the double-sided tape is for. That stuff is worthless. Is this something that you're like putting, is there a picture and is it on like a table or is it mounted on the wall? They're hanging this on the wall. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, what kind of pictures did they showcase? Oh, just some good old family photos, you know. That are videos? Yeah. Cool. Um... The funny thing about this one is that there's no way um, that this would read as like a Harry Potter thing. No, it doesn't. It it just looks insane. It looks like you put one of those moving. It looks like you have like a YouTube video running on, on the wall is what it looks like. Which is valuable in its own right. Yeah. Yeah. If I could watch the Dumbledore video at any time just by looking at my wall. <laughs> you just, you, yeah. You walk by it in the house, you know, on the way to the uh toilet basilisk like you you direct your guests down your corridor and on the wall in the hallway is the the dumbledore video play you want to you want to take a left at the dumbledore video go into the room with the woman crying uh and make sure to use the the sink that has the toilet basilisk in it (laughs) watch out for the candles i just hot glued them uh they're they're still warm Wow, this is quite the the picture we're painting. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go buy this this tried and true DIY law, and it's that if there's foam, there's hot glue. That's my final answer. I don't know um, how. I don't know where. I'm sorry. There is no hot glue in this You've one. You've got to be kidding me. I know, right? I, kind of a twist ending here, but yeah, no hot glue. Twist. No hot glue in this one. How does it but, stay together? Um tape <laughs> yeah the tape and the black duct tape it looks fantastic it's it's really you can't tell that it's uh a shadow box with iphones in it yeah great well you, you know you did okay um you made up your bonus point uh you got three out of five well i guess four out of six technically but, uh yeah right yeah. that's not so, too bad yeah um i'd say you're getting there as far as you know being a diy expert and uh mm-hmm. uh yeah all right so you did you did okay yep that was a fun one um you know i've i've i'm a little bit of an amateur crafter um but the diy scene is not one that i have have gone into much i'm not not much for hot glue not much for um having ipods lying around yeah yeah that's a that's a real um uh that makes it tough i i feel like this is kind of like an overlap with our uh twitter content because all of these ideas seem to be recycled and like churned out by pinterest and i I, all those pinterest things like i refuse to sign up for pinterest so i can only look at it for like two seconds before the browser like thing pops up and doesn't let you look anymore but there are a lot of a lot of crafty crafty folks doing the same crafts on pinterest oh and there's so much harry potter dubstep in all of them too that's the other thing 
Oh yeah, I mean they're all very well produced videos. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure about the dubstep. Uh, that's another like I have not I have not done the YouTube search Harry Potter dubstep yet. So maybe we'll uh, do that in the future. That sounds like a plan. That sounds like uh, that sounds like something yeah. worth investigating. I agree, and we'll have to uh, do that after we finish our reading for the next week. Um, so. For anyone that's reading along with us, we are at the end. We have two chapters left. We have chapter 16, which is called Through the Trap Door. And we have chapter 17, which is The Man with Two Faces. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, don't know what to expect anymore after those last chapters. It's going to be wild. Yeah. I think it's just going to be pretty action packed. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to get in on some action, by the way, you can follow us on Twitter at, at ShriekCast. Uh, you can also follow our personal Twitters from that if you so desire uh our theme song our new theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon uh which is fucking awesome i can't believe that this is a song that exists uh uh it's perfect for us and go check them out they're on Bandcamp. uh it's really good stuff i listened to some other stuff and they graciously agreed to let us use it as our as our new theme music um so ea doesn't sue us for uh for uh using the game boy theme <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a great song uh everyone should check it out Yes, and um, uh, while you're checking it out, you could perhaps read another book. Please, read another book. Call for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see, because the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin's dream.